is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Alicia, and welcome back to the Eating Me Podcast. Y'all, I had such an amazing conversation. I can't wait for you all to hear it with Laura Jane Layton. And Laura Jane is such an amazing individual. Um, our conversation, even before we started recording, was so powerful and impactful. And I kind of wish we would have started recording right from the start because we had so many things in common and just her energy was beautiful. And so I'm just really excited for this conversation. And I can't wait for you all to hear what she has to offer as a life coach and just about her life in general. Um, her bio I'm going to share with you all is all in first person. And I love it because it just really puts in perspective, you know, the personalization behind it. So I'm going to read it in first person um, just so you guys can get a little more info about Laura Jane. And like I said, I cannot wait for you all to hear this conversation. So it says, hi, I'm Laura Jane. And I understand firsthand the power of positive self-talk and building a solid foundation for personal and professional growth. When I was in the sixth grade, my teacher told me I would never go to college and would be lucky to graduate from high school. Despite this, I preserved and built a life for myself and my family. But it, was, it wasn't always easy. At 24, I found myself homeless with two children. But instead of giving up, I used this rock-bonded moment to build a foundation for the rest of my life. Through positive self-talk, hard work, and determination to make tomorrow better than today, I built a successful career in the corporate world, married a fantastic partner, raised beautiful children, and am now living in my dream home. I faced challenges along the way, including panic and anxiety attacks at work, but I didn't let those setbacks defeat me. Instead, I developed effective strategies for managing stress and staying grounded when facing challenges. After 35 years in the corporate world, I've retired and am now dedicated to helping others build a solid personal and professional growth foundation. I truly believe that each day is an opportunity to learn and grow, and I'm committed to helping my clients become better tomorrow than they are today. Y'all, this conversation was amazing. I love the idea of the positive self-talk that um, Laura Jane um, has implemented into her life coaching work, and she'll talk more about that in this conversation and just how this type of work that she's doing has not only helped her clients, but herself as well. So I won't keep you waiting. So y'all, please welcome Laura Jane Layton to the Eat Me podcast. Y'all, I am beyond excited today. I have Laura Jane Layton here with me. Listen, we have been talking. I, we, we, we met here, what, like 20, 30 minutes ago? And we have just been talking... <laughs> We're best friends already. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so, I am so happy that you are here on the podcast with me. This is actually a blessing to have you on the podcast because just based off, I mean, and also y'all to keep it in context, 
Laura Jane and I just met today, but our energy is just, it's as if we've known each other for so long. And just me, you know, basically spying on her online, I realized how much of just an amazing individual you are and the work that you're doing for so many people. Um, and you guys are like, well, what does she do? She is, and you're a life coach. Yes. And you, you provide life coaching for so many different things, which I love. But at the same time, it's basically all the things that we all need to work on in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's amazing. Even though it's a lot of different things that it can mm -hmm. help, it's that same philosophy mm -hmm. that I told you we we're going to talk about. And that is that self-care from the inside out. If you're going to yeah. fix a relationship, if you're going to fix your self-love, if you're going to fix, you've got to start on the inside. So it, it's like it, it, it helps all parts of your life. Right. I don't know if that, it, that I don't know that makes sense because oh, it does. It's it's just beautiful how when we change inside, our whole world changes. Exactly, and you know, this is why I was going to ask you um, before. I guess, well, not even before, but it's just in general, I was going to ask you. What am I saying, Alicia? <laughs> like so. <laughs> How did you get into like life coaching? Like, what led you to saying like, okay, this is either worked for me or I feel like I am the person to, you know, reach out and provide these services because I, I know a lot of people that do life coaching, but sometimes I, I'm always curious, like what led you to that? Cause it's such a beautiful way to help people. <laughs> That's funny because I didn't pick it. It wasn't mm. something that picked me. Mm. I had people sitting at the office. Okay. Just imagine high stressed corporate America, we're right. sitting, you're working, people come by my desk and say, I just need to sit by you. You're so calming. Mm. Or, you know, I just need to be with you. And then I, they started saying, I just need a little bit of coaching. I'm going into this meeting. I just, and people just started asking. Mm. And it's like, even my bosses, I need a little bit of coaching. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> like, I feel so un worthy mm. <laughs> of this. Right. But at the same time, you realize that it's because I've been able to overcome so much. Right. And you, your strength just shows. Yeah. You know, when we become victim, mm. we're stuck. When we become the victor by changing the words that we use when we talk about changing the way we respond to things from the external world by changing our response, we change the world. Yeah. And it's like maybe the world's the same, but we respond different and we love it more. And mm -hmm. so it just kept coming at me. Yeah. You know, my, my sisters, like I, I have four sisters, you'd get a call you know, my child's doing this, coach me through how I interact with them or, oh, I'm having the, and you just help them because right. they trust you. And you know, the thing is, is I'm not helping them. I'm guiding them to find their own mm. solutions. And I'm right. guiding you to have an accountability partner where you have someone to talk to, where you know, you are loved unconditionally. Yeah. There's no perfect. You and I were just talking about this. Yeah. I am perfect. I may not be society's definition of perfect. 
And I may be different tomorrow because I've learned and I've grown and I, I'm not still a two-year-old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so we, we, we morph, we change. A caterpillar is perfect. A cocoon is perfect. Right. A butterfly is perfect. So why are we judging ourselves against a butterfly to a caterpillar? They're the same being. They've just changed. I, first of all, I love that because I feel like a lot of times in the process of like our bodies changing, like for instance, like after we have a baby or whatever, it's just like we lose that idea of now I'm not worthy or I am not good enough now because I don't fit this mold. And we were just talking about the mm -hmm. idea of fixing that internal piece of that, right? Like having that idea of just being okay with who we are as a person, regardless of what this exterior does. Like sometimes we can't even control that, right? But just being okay with the internal and all that to say, like how did that also come into play for you? Like that idea of saying, Lord Jane, let's work on our inside because what we're trying to you know, be in this external is clearly not matching up to how we really, um, not necessarily how we feel, but just we're constantly chasing this feeling that's really not who we are. Like, how did you get to that point? Wow. <laughs> Baby steps. I'm yeah. sure we all started, you know, it's like comparing that five-year-old to the high school student, to the college student, to the adult, to... Mm. It is all evolving. Somebody asked me what my favorite book was. And I went, not one of them could have given me everything that I've learned. Right. They are all stepping stones. So to say, where did you do this? Like, it was stepping stones. Yeah. But I would say, and I, um, several years ago, I found myself waking up after a heart procedure. Mm. And going, what did life come to? Mm. How did I do this? I've been chasing the dollar. I've been chasing the financial success that society seemed to expect. Mm. And I realized that as long as I was going off somebody's expectation, I would never be happy. And I had to come back and say, if I'm going to change me, if I'm going to change my life, I have got to start with the way I respond to all this external influence. And I guess it just comes right up to that hospital bed. Yeah. It made me change where I was. I've been, I stuffed my feelings with food. Yeah. I stuff my feelings, you know, instead of expressing them and letting them out, it's like, oh, I'll just go have some ice cream. That's yummy. You know, how else can I make me feel good? Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of dependency and I still fear food because wow. food makes you fat and fat makes you unlikable and fat and unlikable makes you alone. And yes. it's just this big thing. And so I fear it, even though I still use, even though I eat every day, even though I try to eat healthy, I fear it. And sometimes I fight it. And so that's kind of where 
It's like, okay, until I love me and I am comfortable with being twice the woman I was as a high school, you know, okay, right. like twice in the, in the society's wrong way, but you know, until I'm comfortable with that, I can't change it. I literally have goosebumps because I have to go back. When you started saying that whole idea of I fear food, that is me, right? And that was one of the main reasons why I started this podcast because was, I was just trying to get to the bottom of what is this thing with food and eating with me that is so, like just, it takes over my whole world. And it, it is, it's, I mean, obviously I've, I've done a lot of, um, emotional eating work through somatic meditations and stuff like that. <clears throat> but initially I would get so overwhelmed with food. I would have to pregame, <laughs> kid you not. I would have to pregame <laughs> before I went to a restaurant because I was like, what if there's not enough food on that plate and everyone's going to be looking at me like, okay, Alicia, like, why are you asking for more food? Like I, this would play in my head. Oh my God. I've eaten before going out to eat. So nobody knew I was going to still be hungry. Yeah. Don't tell. Yeah. I don't think anybody else knows that now, but you and the whole world. Right. <laughs> it's just like, bro, what? Like my, I wasn't the only one out here pre-gaming. Like, you know, like most people like pre-game for the, like they drink before the parties. Like I'm pre, I'm eating before the food, you know, like before dinner time, like, it was something that I just, it would just take over my whole world. And so I, I don't know where I'm going with, but I just thought, wow, that's something I've, I've, I've shared with other people that that's something that I've experienced, but I've never heard someone else say that they fear food in that way and are just so like preoccupied with the, you know, it's like, and it all came back down to me just not being okay with Alicia. Right. And just being OK with who I was as a person and other past traumas and whatever else. But wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for just being so open about that. It's wow. it, it, when I realized, you know, when I was doing all the food and I still do food prep and I still try mm -hmm. to prevent the eating that doesn't feed my body. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time. I work on changing my self-talk so that it doesn't control me. So I don't end up having an emotional breakdown because something wasn't right. right. And I would say if you were to find the worst of Lara Jane, when she is at her worst, when she's her angriest, mm -hmm. or when my husband will say, Jane, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Allow these people to be like they are. You know what? 90% of the time it's at a restaurant. Wow. Because I am uncomfortable in that situation. Wow. And I get angry at the waitresses. I get angry at the food quality. I get angry right. at, and it's all that response to not, uh, I hate, as much as I love to eat it, I hate it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's evil. It does bad things to my body. And these are my old self-talk. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, these are the things that I started with and I'm trying to change. Mm -hmm. I am changing. I'm not trying. I you am are. changing. Yes. And it, one of my challenges, I, we were talking about my podcast. I do a weekly challenge. And one of them is 
when you're at the office and somebody brings you donuts and you go, oh, I'm on a diet. I can't have that. What does that say to your body? Mm. You're now all of a sudden cutting your body off and you are causing your mental mind to think can't. And as a independent spirit, I don't want anybody, not even me telling me I can't do something. Wow. And so I work on changing that to I choose. Mm. And it was just um, probably a week ago, we were having dinner. I have family dinner. My kids are all grown and out of the house. And some of them live close enough to come over for family dinner on Mondays. And one of them's girlfriend said, now you can't have tomatoes. And I go, oh, wait, I can have whatever I want and I can have tomatoes. But right now I'm choosing not to have a tomato. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I am giving myself the power to make this choice. Yes. And until we can reframe that from a can't to a choose, mm -hmm. you're stuck. You're fighting it. Yeah. And I, it's that reframe. I choose not to have that donut. I choose not to have whatever food that you're, you know, our bodies all react different to food. I can't mm -hmm. go off any diet. The only diet, the only one thing that is consistent in every diet is water. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is nothing else. Now, the water can even change. You might right. have to have alkalarian water in one and you might have to have mineral water in another, <laughs> but it's still water right, so, exactly but there's nothing else is the same mm. and how do you decipher that you tune into your body and you start listening to it and for i'm gonna tell you my age for 60 plus years i fought mm. and turned off my body responses. Wow. I was not going to let food control what I did or how I chose to move forward. And it took that waking up in the hospital to say, I take my life back and I'm yeah. going to start paying attention to how my body reacts to the food and how my body wants to. No one diet can tell me how to choose, how to lose weight. Yes. And guess what? I will not eat to lose weight. I will eat to feel good. Ugh. Because the second I stand on that scale and it went up or down a half a pound or two pounds or three pounds, I get discouraged and I would quit. I won't stand on a scale. But if I can walk down my stairs without a problem or I can walk around the block without a problem, I'm now... I, there was... There was a time when my health was so bad, I could not even walk from the car to the office, mm. you know, from the parking lot into the office right. without having to stop and sit down. Wow. And I chose that. I did that to myself. Right. And when I started being super serious with the changes, every time I had dieted before, I felt like my husband was sabotaging me. Mm. like, oh, you should eat more or you can't go without any food or, and it's like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Or, or he would eat something that I couldn't and I go, how rude. Like, I can't eat that. 
And this time, it's been, you know what, hon? You didn't do your what you what I did to my body. Right. You can have whatever you want. Yes. I am not going to take my failing of keeping a healthy body and put it on you. Yes. And you know how freeing it is to not have someone sabotage you anymore? And they're doing exactly the same thing they ever did. But my response to it is different because I changed the internal talk mm. to be, he didn't cause himself diabetes. I did. Right. He didn't cause himself heart problems. I did. Right. Why should he change? He's healthy. Right. <laughs> so, and I think a lot of people do that, especially if they're in a partnership too, if they have a family that live with them, it's like they want to project their things on someone else. And that then continues to leave you in that external piece and not really looking at yourself and focusing on yourself in terms of you working on you. It's like, okay, they may want a donut. That's cool. Like, but that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do for myself. Like I can't, Focus on what they're doing. Not that you just completely washed them clean, but it's a thing of like, I have to take care of myself. And I hope that you're doing the same for you your, yourself as well. We have to both come to this as two whole people as opposed to, you know, trying to like control each other's everything, you know? I quit using him as an excuse mm. to mm. fail. Yes. <sighs> whoa. Whoa, 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 Jane. I know, crazy, huh? <laughs> that right there alone is like a bombshell because I don't think a lot of people realize that. It's like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're bringing in these chips. You're bringing in these donuts in the house. How am I ever going to? And it's like, no, you don't have to eat that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It, as long as we have an excuse mm, yeah. that's not internal, then we're off the hook. Mm. You know, when he and I first got married, um, I, I, I used, I used to feel a lot of stress in how I looked. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm going to be candid here. Your audience is just going to have to, uh, um, they're used to it. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, I know, but this is something I don't share. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So I probably was 155 pounds when we got married. Mm. And right now, this moment, I'm really close to that 300 mark. Okay. So I would feel, I felt more ashamed of my body at 150 pounds mm. than I do right now today at 300 pounds. Wow. Because I have changed my perspective. Wow. I feel more... This, I feel more comfortable naked. And this has only been the last few years. So don't like, this has yeah. been a lot of internal change mm -hmm. and a lot of internal adjustments to make this happen. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I'm okay with where I'm at. And first of all, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry, I initially thought you were going to say something like, kind of like wild, you know, like I was like kind of risking like, listen, my, my listeners are used to that. But so, so thank you for being vulnerable in that way. But I wonder, and I, you know, I was, I was speaking with someone who 
was actually sharing that, you know, they are still a thinner person, but I always thought people that were thin, that like they had it all together, right? Like they figured it all out. You know, like seriously, you know, I, I was like, wow, like how, how do you guys keep it together like this? This is amazing, you know? And when I realized the struggle that some people that are that aren't naturally thin, that they're what they're doing to keep their body that way, and the and also the image of it being so that judgment behind maintaining that, I'm wondering, was that something that you were dealing with as well at that time when you were that small? Oh, I I you know, so I had had two kids. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a 19-year-old body anymore. Mm, right. <laughs> and I wasn't proud of the wider hips. I wasn't mm. proud of the less perky boobies. I wasn't right. proud, you know, the things that life does mm -hmm. to us as we grow. And so I felt ashamed because I didn't look like the pinup people in the magazines anymore. Yeah. I mean, I was a gymnast. I worked out constantly. I was on the track team. My, my body was able to move. And then uh, lots of things happened and that doesn't mean, but I, when I had kids, my body didn't look the same mm. and I was ashamed of it. Right. And I hid it. And I felt judged and I felt like I had to hide. And my husband would say things like, if you get any better, I don't know if I'm going to be able to love you anymore. Oh, wow. And my heart would sink and I'd go, well, that is stupid if you love someone because of what they look like. Right. And in my mind, I am, I am stubborn. I am pretty much, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think, you know, and this is just me trying to, to understand myself. This isn't, maybe may not have been what really happened, but I think I was testing him. Mm. I think that I chose to let myself not be as perfect to see if he really did love me or not. Wow. Now we've been married 34 years. Um, mm -hmm. We are very happy. Um, I when I finally quit trying to be his reason for happiness and let him create his own things changed. Wow. And you know, but for me change, things changed when I went, okay, I did this to myself. Yeah. There was no external influence that shoved one piece of food in my mouth. There wasn't one external influence that made me sit on that couch and not do something. There was nobody else that created that. It was me. Right. I'm the only person who can change that is me. Right. And coming to that realization kind of makes you feel like an idiot. You know, it's, there's that yeah. process of, you know, but I have the strength and I can do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just so you know, I've lost like a hundred pounds. So I'm Same. a lot smaller than I was. Yeah. And I, but that isn't, you know, it's working mm -hmm. because I love myself. Right. Because I'm making the choices for me not to fight somebody else, not to prove something to somebody else, not for any other reason, but to purely have the physical energy to build, do life. Right. And as life comes back 
it's just multiplying and it's, it's adding more joy and value. So there is my complete vulnerability. My life is not perfect. I pretend, no, I don't, I don't pretend that my life is perfect, but right. I do know that as I do my self-care from the inside out, right. from my thoughts, from my choices, from everything that my brain and heart does, the rest of me is getting better. And I think I mentioned this to you. It's kind of like that house that's so perfectly manicured. It's right. so beautiful on the outside, but there's a hoarder that lives inside. Mm, right. And I've been a hoarder on the inside. And it's my turn to start letting go of stuff. And I have to choose those one at a time. Mm. And that's why I have the word challenge, because I think as we dwell on the things in a negative, like I can't, instead of I choose, it holds us back. I love that. And I, I'm, I was sitting here thinking, it's like for someone who's listening to this right now, that it's like, oh my gosh, that is resonating with me more than you know. But how can I, you know, start this whole process? Like, even with the positive, you know, like words, like changing up the how I, you know, say certain things, or <clears throat> maybe like have some type of idea of like, I'm maybe affirmations, like, where would I even start with all of this? Or, or how did you start? You know, like, I, where would you tell someone to even start with any of this, you know? Oh, that's so hard, because mm -hmm. I've had, I, I read so many books. And, and when I say read, so I commuted to corporate America for 35 plus years. And that time was spent listening to books. Mm. So you figure that's a, over an hour a day of just consuming information. And so I think when it started, um, I took a trauma teacher yoga class. So I've, I've had several yoga type certifications that I have. Um, one of them's the persona, the breath work, and one of them is the trauma work. Mm -hmm. And as I started learning to let go of that, I started realizing I was holding on to it for the wrong reason, mm -hmm. for the excuse, wow. for the justification, for a reason instead of allowing myself to just be me. And mm -hmm. so these things, these words I was using, like I think it was probably 10 something years ago, I saw the thing about stop saying sorry and start mm -hmm. saying, thank you for waiting for me. Or, hey, thanks for getting the meeting started without me or whatever. You know, how right. do you change that shame response of sorry to something that's powerful? Mm. And that one challenge started making me think of all the words I use that wow. are shameful or a crutch. And how do I get rid of them? Yeah. So I, you know, anytime I hear something that just resonates and it starts like, just like, that's just not, that's not feeding somebody because right. I feel the way it makes my body just crunch down when it's a limiting or an excuse of a word. And I think you and I were talking about this. Um, we always say, unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, yeah. I have to go somewhere else today. No, nothing is unfortunate. We all have a purpose. We all have structure. We all have reason. It's fortunate. It's I am thankful that I have this other thing that has a higher priority. And until we start prioritizing ourselves higher than all these other things, we're going to keep having an excuse. Mm. Yeah, you got to be number one. If you're not number one, mm. you're last because you're going to keep putting you down. You're going to keep right. putting you down. And number one doesn't mean you're a bitch. It doesn't mean you're, oh, I forgot you. to ask you if it's okay to swear. Are you um, kidding me? <laughs> Go for no. it. Okay. But you know, that doesn't mean you're arrogant. Right. It doesn't mean that you're think you better than everybody else. That means that you're putting your needs first. Right. And I just got back from a um, four day, three day mastermind thing. And their um, theme was do everything at a level 10. How do you do things at a level 10? And when the guy asked me, he's like, do you live your life at a level 10? I go, no, and I won't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, to me, that level 10 is that beyond exhaustion. Mm. And you start thinking, well, I don't want ever to hit where I am incapable to do something else because I hit that at a level 10. Right. You think about the days when, you, and you're going to, I'm going to sound like a gym rat, but I'm not, but I've been there and I've done that. Right. But you know, you have leg day and you can't walk for two days right. or you have, <laughs> you just have these responses. Yeah. I level 10 it, but what good did it do me? Mm. It, it depends on what your goal is. Right. If your goal is the strongest, greatest, beautifulest legs in the world, then go ahead. Right. Do a level 10. But let's do that in things that matter to us. Mm. Yeah. No, I want to do a level 10 at being kind to people. I want to be a level 10 at spreading a message that you can be your own best friend. Right. You can talk to yourself like a friend would talk to yourself instead of like the bully. Yeah. And you know, when somebody tells you, oh, you're ugly, guess what? I believe them and I replay it about a million times. Yeah. But who cares what they think? Yeah. Who cares if I'm not attractive to them because they don't have to live with me. Mm. And so it's really backing up and saying, where can I level 10 me? And that's yeah. all parts of me. That's not just my exercise. That's not just my food. That's my right. thoughts. That's my feelings. That's who I hang out with who I allow inside this area. And yeah. until I am really good at turning off all the triggers, I got to be careful with whom I'm around. Right. And that, that is so true because it's like for the longest time I would, and I, I guess, it, I mean, not consciously I would surround my people or surround myself around people that would make me feel self-conscious, but for some reason I was. And so I was constantly trying to meet these standards. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying before, like this whole idea of these expectations, like I was trying to meet expectations of people that probably had their own internal struggles, you know, and I didn't even realize, I thought they had it to get, you know, so it's like, 
also this idea of realizing that the people that you're worried about and you're trying to meet these expectations for, they're struggling too to some degree. It's like all of us realizing that we're all trying to make this work and don't worry about what they're thinking. They have their own stuff going on. You know, like, seriously, focus on you. Yeah, we all have our own path. It's like that dude. I know he's not the only one. Um, right. There's several people that say if you... If you're religious, whether it's the universe or God or whoever, or, right. or you're spiritual, if you chose to learn forgiveness, guess what? Mm. Somebody's going to have to do something that you don't like that you're going to have to forgive. If you chose to be patient, somebody's going to have to trigger that impatience in you. If you chose for self-love, someone's going to have to make you feel like you're unlovable. Mm. And until we can turn that around and learn what we want to become, it's going to keep triggering us. And you, you just have to choose the people you be around until you have the strength to not let it make that pressure go up in your body. And I, I love that you brought that up because I think that also kind of like segues into talking about your, your, your coaching. Cause I, your slogan is basically like, and making yourself your best friend. Yeah, silencing I, the inner bully and becoming yes. your own best friend. Have you ever had a colleague or something or somebody that you just hated? You yes. just didn't get along with them. And finally, when you confronted them and you spoke your truth to them, you became the best of friends. Yes. Like I've had people I hated working with. And when I finally sat down and went, hey, these are the things that I'm having a hard time with. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we were chums right. and worked so well together because you were no longer faking, you were being real. And I want that bully in our heads to start talking to ourselves in a supportive and kind and friendly manner like you would your best friend. Right. Would you laugh at them? No. You would right. say, no, you, you're, you're doing okay. No, you're not ugly. No, you're not. You, we stand up and we help our friends. Right. What do we do to ourselves? We put ourselves in a little corner and go, shame, 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 shame. Go yeah. hide. Right. And I mean, I'm also wondering, like, maybe we, this might be like going too far into, or maybe not, who knows. But like, where does that start? That shame? Right? Yes. Where does from, that start? From a kid. Yeah. If you talk, if you think back, we are programmed to please others so we don't get kicked out. Mm. Survival at one time in our long history was you couldn't do it alone. You needed the tribe to take care of you. Right. And so as you're growing up and your parents are like, oh, say sorry because you took your toy away from this person. Well, it's my toy. Right. Why should I be sorry that they took it from me? Mm. And guess what? Every one of us said, sorry. Every one yes. of us did what we were supposed to do from an early child. You stood up for yourself in school and you end up being the one that got in trouble because somebody else was taunting quietly and you were more aggressive, you now learned you get in trouble when you are trying to stand up for yourself. Right. This comes from childhood mm. and it's the way we found 
that we fit into society. Wow. I am like, the thing is like, you know, I, I, as you're saying, it's like, yes, yes, yes. But it's just like, wow. Like that literally is where all this comes from. Because I just even remembering like, you know, don't be too loud or mm -hmm. just certain things. Like you're just conditioned to do all these things. And when you do do those things and you're like, why are you doing that? Get it together. You're just being obnoxious. And it's just like, yeah, you're being, yeah, you're, we second <laughs> guess because we've been controlled, mm. technically controlled all of our right. lives. And as adult, all those trainings we had as a young child are in the back of our heads. Smile, sit up straight. Yeah. If you don't, nobody's going to like you. Or mm. what do they call their resting bitch face? <laughs> you know, if you do that face, you're going to have it forever. Right. So, you know, we fake it to mm. fit in. And society doesn't need us in the tribe anymore. Right. Yes, I have a tribe and I have some amazing friends that I feel very safe with. Right. But I don't have to have everybody in the world in my tribe. Thank you. And you know what? It's so funny that you say that because... It took my 20s and I guess up to about my, the, towards the end of my 30s to realize that. And I never understood why certain people didn't want or think or, or need all these people. Like, how could you not want all these people around you? Like, that, that, that's what keeps you in the in crowd. And it's like, but then I'm like killing myself over, you know, overextending myself for all these people just to stay in the in crowd, it was exhausting mm -hmm. and not realizing I need to just like focus on taking care of myself and not worrying about all these people around me. That was like the majority of the drama in my life. <laughs> just trying to appease these people around me just so I wouldn't be out of the crowd or, you know, whatever that right. looks like. Wow. Who is the um, Bernie? Ah, don't remember that. She says, if you're fitting in, you're not being yourself. Wow. But if you belong, you're being yourself. And how many times have we tried to fit in? Oh, you need to have really pretty nails to do this. Or, mm -hmm. oh, you need to dress like this. Or things that we do to fit in, to mm -hmm. be accepted. I want to find the people I belong with. Yes. The people that I don't have to fake with. The people that if I have a bad day, it's okay. Right. If I have a great day, it's okay. If I, it's just okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And so it's so refreshing when you can let go of the need to please everybody. And I don't remember the meme I've seen all over the place. It says, you can be the juiciest, sweetest peach in the world. Yes. And there are people that don't like peaches. And it's okay. It's okay. Be your peach. Be whatever fruit, whatever yes. you want to be. But when you can be you, the people who like or who are comfortable with you are going to be there. And you no longer have to fake it. I love that. And it's like, as I'm like thinking about that, I'm, I'm thinking about your website where it says embrace your true self, right? Like with your, with their coaching. And it was like, 
that is so, to me, that is like just so, um, I, I'm losing words now, but it just, it just means so much to me because I, like you said, we're faking it a lot of times, whether it's at work, whether it's with friends, even sometimes with our family, like, you know, we're oh, just yeah. trying to fit in. It's like embrace who you really are. And those people who love the peaches, they're going to be there. Right. They're going to be there. You know, and you know, we also need to remember that as we start to uncover who we are, mm-hmm. we change. Yeah. Oh, we are, you now, as, as you start uncovering that hidden self, you're going to, I'm, it's going to be a long time before I know that true me, mm. because there's so many other things. It's just layer by layer. And that's why I think coaching is so fun yeah. is you get to help them identify one thing that's going to help. Let's like every week is a challenge. It's let's work on this one thing, not more. Yeah. Because that's all we, that's all the energy some of us have left. We give and give and give and give, and there is no energy left. And until we really put ourselves first, Mm -hmm. you're kind of, like I said, you're going to be last. Something else is always going to be more important. And being first isn't selfish. It's the same reason we put our masks on ourselves first in the airplane Mm -hmm. and then our children. Um, What is the quote that says, give the world the best of you Mm -hmm. instead of what's left of you. Yes. And as long as we're doing for everybody else first, they're only getting what's left. Mm. Seriously, thank you for that. And that's me constantly reminding myself that all the time. And I'm getting better and better at that. But I was that person. I would run myself ragged for people. I mean, everything that I needed to get done for myself, just completely on the wayside. Like just back burner is not even the word. Like <laughs> you couldn't even see the things that I needed to get done. You know, like seriously. It was in the long last storage closet. <laughs> And when it was time to address it, it was just, I, I would just kind of throw it together, you know, and whatever. And it was just like, no, not anymore, Alicia. Like, because at the end of the day, I'm showing up for these people frustrated. Yes. And, you know, exhausted. Exactly. Resentful. I mean, putting on a smile, but I'm, I'm resenting this whole experience. (laughs) 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 Seriously. And I get it. Oh gosh. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. Baby steps. Okay. But, you know, our toddlers never worry about how many times they fell down that day. Yeah. They just get up and keep going. Right. And we've got to quit worrying about the fall downs because every time you do, guess what? You're getting stronger and getting up. And that is a good thing. Yes. Watch a toddler when they first start trying to get up. It's so hard. It is so tough, but the more times they fall down, the faster they get up Mm -hmm. and the quicker they get up because they are teaching themselves how to do it. Yes. It's okay to fall. And that's another thing is like just realizing that and being okay with that. And I am, I'm just grateful for these opportunities to just talk to people like you, 
And to just know that I'm not in this alone. Like, I'm not the only person out here thinking and feeling this way. And I know people that are listening are probably like, thank you, Lord Jane. Thank you so much. Because I, because sometimes you just feel like you're in your own little world and like no one understands whatever experiences you're going through, whether it be like any eating concerns, any internal struggles. It's just so refreshing for me to come on this platform and just be blessed by people like you. You have no idea you have you are a blessing in in so many ways. I, my favorite part of the podcast of the ones I do are the interviews um, because I feel like I learn. If I don't learn, I'm at least because you know we know all things, right? So right. that those answers are already there. But refreshing and support, yes, where you get, you realize you're not the only one. Yeah. And I think for me, that's so important because I felt like a lone wolf, that weird child, the weird Mm -hmm. person, because you're trying so hard to fit in that you forget. You just know you, you just know it's not you, but you don't know who you are. And it takes a while to learn that part of us because it's hidden in the way back storage closet, umpteen Things keep getting put in front of it. And it's going to take a while to get to the real you, but we'll take it out one box at a time. Oh, I love that. And Laura Jane, your podcast, The Laura Jane Show, right? I, I It's The Laura Jane Layton Show. Yeah. And so I was listening to it. And so you started your podcast. You were, you were sharing about your story about your health. Mm-hmm. And was that the main reason why you had started the podcast? You know, the main reason, so let me be like, you know, here's, here's who Jane real. I really started it as a marketing tool for my coaching business. I love it. Um, I have enough coaching clients. I don't need any more. It's really what I do for fun. Now I like it. I, I used to have two solos and one, um, interview each week. Yeah. And because the interviews energize me so much, I now do the challenge, which is a solo mm-hmm. and one other solo a month. And the rest are all interviews because okay. I want the listener to know they're not alone. Mm. And when I can have 50 different guests with 50 different backgrounds and that's only how many I think I've gotten out 50 something episodes so far, because right. I'm not quite a year in yet. Right. Um, but when you can hear the variety and how many people actually are going through the same thing, you don't feel like a lone wolf. You right. know, you're part of the pack. You know that there's a tribe out there that's going to love you and embrace you exactly as you are Mm. know that you are okay exactly as you are Forbes Riley is says something um on her things and she says I love you exactly how you are but I love you too much to leave you there oh and I think of that and it's like you do not have to change for me to love you Mm. But if you do, and you become more comfortable with who you are, now you are going to love you too. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Lord Jane. Isn't that beautiful? I, I just, I, that's the one thing that she said that just sticks with me. It's <sighs> like, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally like speeches so like, wow. Because I've always thought, well, if you want me to change, you know, and you're, like, you're trying to make me change. And the second someone, I feel like someone's trying to make me change, I fight it. Yes. And I loved that it, you do not have to change to be loved. Mm. But it's okay if you do, because I'm still going to love you. More people need to hear that. Seriously. More people need to hear that. And I think knowing that. As we were saying, it kind of go, it goes back to the whole word of expectations. Yes, get rid of that. <laughs> get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. What is like? Think about this. If we could get rid of expectation, just think about it. <laughs> yeah. If you are married, what one or two things drives you nuts? Okay, mm. cupboard door maybe being left open, maybe the toilet seat being left open up. Uh, right. Those are expectations. If you walked in. Thinking, oh, all the cupboards are going to be open. Oh, look, I only have one to shut. Right. Or if you walked into the bathroom thinking, oh, the toilet seat's going to be up. I need to put it down. You wouldn't even care. Right. But it's because we expect it to be different. Yes. When you get cut off on the freeway, it's because you weren't. I was like, I'm expecting to drive down the freeway and have no, nothing, nobody cut me off. And then you get mad. Yeah. If you just knew that I'm going to drive safe, I'm going to be an offensive driver, and if someone needs to get in front of me, I'm going to let them. Yeah. No skin off my teeth. Yes. I got to work at the same amount of time anyway. It's that expectation that puts mm. so much pressure yes. on how we respond. Wow. And I, I still have them. <laughs> Like, not exactly. and let go of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it, I'm not perfect in that right. way, but I am learning and I am understanding that when something happens, be and I responded. I think okay. Now, had I ex not expected it to be different, mm. my response would have been a lot softer. And I start training my brain to rethink it. And instead of reacting and wanting to bite someone's head off, I think, okay, I'm expecting that they be kind. That's my judgmental, everybody in the universe should be nice. Right. You know what? They're not. Exactly. And that's okay. Right. I can respond differently. Mm. And then second, you can take the ownership of your response instead of blaming the trigger you become more content. Get rid of expectation. Get Can we take it, it right out of the dictionary? Right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Laura Jane, I could talk to you literally all day. I'm just like, uh, I'm like soaking in all this goodness. Like I, I am so happy. And like even earlier before, you know, we even um, got on this uh, afternoon. I was just like, kind of, because it's a really rainy day here in New York. And it's just like, oh, I was like, oh, gosh. You know, this is the blessing of the day. Because every day that I wake up, I'm like, God, show me the blessings. Show me the miracles. Show me the magic. And this is it right now. So thank this you. This is today's magic. This is At today's least magic. brought me magic today. <laughs> You, know, you have given back just as much as, you know, this has been a fun 
conversation. And I love conversation because I think people don't feel as threatened with a conversation as they Mm -hmm. do a lecture. Exactly. And the second I start trying to lecture somebody on how things should be, I'm in the wrong because I do not know what somebody else's life should be. Right. I do not know what you've been through. I know every second of every moment of my something odd years. And I know the good, the bad, the everything. I don't know yours. Wow. I don't know what you've been through. Mm. And I can only allow you the responses and the you you are today and give you a clean slate to choose to be different if you want. Right. Choose to be the same if you want. Right. And that's all my coaching is about, is allowing you to find pieces of you that have been hidden and bringing them to the surface. Mm. So you feel more authentically you in whatever, if you want it to be a relationship, yeah. we'll talk about how we do that. Right. If you want it to be your self-love, we'll talk about that. If you want, you know, it, it's still that same core thing. Mm-hmm. It is our internal part. And that's why I say self-care is from the inside out. Yeah. So true. And I I am actually in that position now. Like since I've started podcasting, I've had so many different opportunities that have led me to different coaching and just really self-improvement in a way that I would have never done before. And so I am so blessed to be in this space, not only just to be a podcaster, but to, you know, enrich, enrich my life and then hopefully to be a blessing to others as well. Like it, it is just, it's been unreal. Like it really has. And I, I'm pretty sure you probably feel the same way in, in many ways, just even with your coaching. I know you're yes. probably blessed with people, you know, just seeing their transformation. Just like, this is amazing. I think as you see somebody stop putting themselves down so much Mm. when you start seeing that people just their shoulders change their posture changes because they're no longer hiding and oh it's i don't do a thing (laughs) right right it has nothing to do with me yeah i am only there as a listener Mm -hmm. And somebody who can kind of help open some doors right. that you can look in. Mm. But I can't make the choice for you to go through it. Yes. I love that. Oh, my gosh, Laura Jane. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. But before you go, please let everyone know where they can find you and any um, and any other pertinent information that you know, our listeners need to know, take it away. You know, yeah, I've made it really, really simple. If you can remember Lara Jane Layton, that's all you need to remember. I am larajanelayton.com. I am Lara Jane Layton on Facebook. I am Lara Jane Layton on LinkedIn. I am Lara Jane Layton on Twitter. And I, I, in fact, I think I'm going to get rid of my Twitter account. Don't tell anybody you guys. (laughs) I don't find like I get any traction from it. Okay. You know, it just, it's just another place. Place, But so if you can remember Lara Jane Layton, you can find me and it's the Lara Jane Layton show. And if you want 
to listen to the Monday episodes. Those are my challenges and they're fun. And oh, we've already gone through two or three of them on this call. So, <laughs> I love so you can have them and I give it all away for free. Yeah. Unless you want accountability partner, then I charge it. Hey, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I'll share all this in the show notes. Y'all, we have been beyond blessed and I am just I'm, I, I have goosebumps. Like you have no idea. I feel so good right now. So thank you so much. For oh, being thank here. you. Thank you for letting me join you because uh, I, I I love to expand my my world to yes. find more beautiful people to add to my tribe. And listening to your podcast this morning, I, like I told you, I have a new best friend, and I haven't even talked to her in person yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh. Uh, so. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has right. been amazing. Y'all. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just keep saying thank you, but thank you for listening to this week's episode of the EDME podcast. Thank you, Laura Jane. This has been so wonderful. And I hope we can definitely, you know, either be on the podcast again or something. We just have to stay connected because this, this was beautiful. Thank you so much. You are welcome. And I am um, I just know your listeners going to keep coming back because you provide such great content. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And y'all have a good rest of y'all's week. I'll see you later. Bye. Hey y'all, it's Alicia. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Edomy podcast. Y'all, I am so grateful that you keep coming back to listen to these amazing episodes. And if this is your first time, welcome. Please, if you have not already, rate and review the podcast. Share some of the podcast episodes with those you love. And y'all, let's just keep on keeping on. I love y'all and I'll see you next week. <laughs>